0: Today we hear two stories about change. God calls Abraham from his home in Yore to travel to an unknown country, leaving behind the pagan gods of his countrymen to establish a new nation under a new covenant with the one true God. And second, Jesus is transfigured, changing his visible form into a new heavenly and glorified form. Change. How often do we hear that word used in our daily lives? We're encouraged to change for the better all the time and politicians they continually campaign under the banner of change advertisers they want us to change to use their product and I'm sure the kids in the audience and the congregation have heard their teachers and parents often insist that you better change your behavior or you better change that attitude to avoid getting into trouble, huh? We heard that. There was so much change happening in our lives that it led the Greek philosopher Heraclitus in 500 BC to state the only thing that is constant is change so change is nothing new it has been a part of human history from the beginning every day we change our children no more get out of diapers than they're beginning school and we start looking for colleges our marriages change the relationship between husband and wife is always changing. Now we hope it grows and develops positively, but it is never the same as it was on the day we were married. We as individuals change. We are not the same physically, mentally, or emotionally that we were as a child, or as a teen, or even as a middle-aged adult. And a change that happens in one aspect of our lives, it necessarily changes, triggers a change in the other aspects of our lives. Change is inevitable, and it's simply a reality in our lives. But if it's so much a part of our lives, Why is it so difficult? I don't know about you, but for me to make a change in my lifestyle or a personal habit, that's really hard. It's a lot easier for me to pick up a bad habit than it is for me to willfully change my life for the better. as we now begin the second week of Lent. It's a period of time that we are called to reflect on our lives and to make changes. And not change just for the sake of change, but change to make us into better disciples of Christ. We're asked during this season to especially focus on our prayer life and to fast and to give alms So why focus on these three disciplines? What good does prayer, fasting, and almsgiving do? In short They help to control our wills. Our wills control everything we do. We may think in our minds great thoughts, and we may desire in our hearts to do wonderful things. But unless we can exercise control over our wills, those thoughts and desires they will never come to pass. The most difficult part of ourselves to control is our will. And our will are slaves to our passions and our appetites. Our desire for pleasure, for happiness, for self satisfaction often to fulfill our prideful ego, override, and often control our minds and our hearts. Lent is a time to take back control and to regain mastery of our wills by denying ourselves those very small passions and to direct ourselves toward a greater goal doing God's will. Now, you may wonder how in six weeks of fasting and prayer that short amount of time can help us corral our wills. And I was reading a novel, or I was reading a biography recently of St. Margaret Clithrow, our patroness, whose feast is coming up here on March 25th and she provides a great example for us of how doing small things every day conditions our will and transforms us into holy people and from this biography written by Margaret Monroe she kind of summarizes Margaret's life as follows it was no sudden spurt of noble sentiment that carried Margaret to her martyrdom it was the habits she had been steadily practicing at home and in prison over the last 12 years and above all the habit of putting God first in all her actions of looking carefully to see how what she was doing would help or hinder others in pleasing God at the end we see her standing on the shining pinnacle of consummate Charity. But she climbed there step by step every day and through her day to day relations with her husband, her children, and her servants. Now, like Abram, God is calling us to leave behind our attachments to this world and enter into the New Covenant His Son Jesus has established. And Jesus, through the Eucharist, desires us to transform us into His divine image, just as He transforms ordinary bread and wine into His body and blood. Saint Margaret, through her life, exemplifies how disciplining our wills in small, everyday habits enables us to do great things. This call, this transformation, these acts of discipline are invitations to unite us with our God. All that stands in the way is our will.